I uh, hope you are well. I hope you uh, had a, you know, as good of a holiday as you could possibly have had, you know, under all of the extenuating circumstances. Uh, today is Saturday, December 26th, of course, just one day after Christmas. Um, and we are here to talk about uh, what happened on Christmas morning uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, on 2nd Avenue North there, the the bombing. Um, that I know a lot about personally. I know uh, uh, not the bombing itself, of course, uh, that I know, you know, the area there personally and uh, the information that I have gathered thus far from from multiple different sources and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, we'll get to that here in just, you know, two minutes or so. Just want to go over a couple things. Uh, this is the Mid Park Poise episode. Uh, so this is one of three podcasts, uh, podcast shows that I have scheduled each month And this is the December Poise episode, and this type of event, uh, you know, a very unexpected, large-scale event like this that dominates the news cycle um, is pretty much what I had uh, in mind when I created the agenda for this episode and making sure that, uh, you know, there was an open slot for something like this that would unfortunately happen. And and it did. Um, In November, we didn't really have, you know, from what I can remember, um, you know, of course, there's lots of things that go on, but... You know, this is a very big thing, um, very concerning thing. Um, Want to get to the bottom of why this all happened and whatnot, but um, yeah. So this is the Poise Show. My name is Kevin Vargo. I am the host of the Mid Park Podcast. Uh, and speaking of the podcasts, if you are a fan of music, I definitely encourage you to check out uh, some that I'm going to be having up here within the coming probably two weeks. Uh, Nathan Clapper, who's an up-and-coming artist in uh, from my hometown, a uh, phenomenal person, just a great conversation I have with him about all things, you know, related to his music career, his creative process, some things he's gone through in his personal life, all that good stuff. Uh, so that's going to be up. And then also uh, the School of Rock here in Chicago, uh, one of them. Uh, I'm going to have the owner, actually, of the School of Rock, uh, Amy. She's going to be on with me for a full conversation as well here in the coming weeks. And, and that's going to be a really interesting perspective for for you guys to hear so um, check those two things out i'll make sure of course i update on social media and everything when those are out but those will be coming um yeah that's really all the 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 rundown of everything to get through yeah let's get let's get right into it so wow um crazy crazy surreal scene for for me personally to see for everybody of course to see in nashville uh, but me particularly because, as many of you know, I uh, lived in Nashville, Tennessee from 2015 or from, well, yeah, New Year's of 2016 to midway through 2019. And for much of that time, I worked directly at 152nd Avenue North, uh, right at the intersection of 2nd and Commerce. Um there could not be a more direct hit, um, you know, in, in other than in my own home in Nashville, there's literally no other area I spent more time in, um, in, in that specific block, too, from Second and Commerce, one block north to Second and Church, uh, because uh, Second Avenue is a one-way street north. And so uh, typically anybody that worked, I worked, that was where, that's where the lift office is at. Uh, I worked for Lyft Corporate for two and a half years there at uh, 152nd Avenue North. And anybody that worked there or in in a number of different surrounding businesses and and actually so much so that there was a waiting list for the parking deck there. um, When you would come out of that, you would typically have to, get to the intersection of second and commerce and then take a left onto second and go north because again it was a one-way road so that would take you from the intersection of second and commerce to the intersection of second and church which is right where hooters and rocket fizz is at if you've seen any pictures of those Um, and then the next block up would be second and union and that is actually where the nashville uh, circuit courts is at and right there is where I, and and of course, many millions of others, uh, take a right turn to go over the Woodland Bridge, over the river, um, and to, you know, the other side of of the river, which is East Nashville, 
and that's where you get on the interstate there to go home or, you know, go wherever you're going. But yeah, so I have driven on that road. My car has been parked on that road. I have walked up that road with my dog countless times because my employer Lyft uh, at the time allowed um, dogs to come to the office for work. Um, and what is particularly interesting about my perspective is the entire time I worked there, I worked midnights. So my shifts, I got off work at 5.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30 a.m., which is right when this happened. Um, so, you know, when you see scenes of things and, and you, you know, you even recognize like the way the daylight hits the buildings, um, you know, it, it even registers so close as that for me. Because, again, you know, this would have been right as I personally would have been coming out of work. Um, I worked on Christmas Day two years ago at Lyft. Um, you know, Lyft is a 24-7, 365 operation, and especially for, for what I did, um, it was uh, an important job. You know, so we had people there on Christmas. I worked on Christmas Day, got off work at, again, right, you know, right around 6 a.m. Christmas Day two years ago. And am I trying to say, you know, oh, could it, you know, could have been me? Well, yeah, I mean, in, in a way, yes. I, you know, I do keep that perspective, but, you know, not overly, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here like trying to hammer that into the ground. I'm just really trying to, you know, hammer the fact that I have a hell of a perspective here, uh, as many do that, that are familiar with Second Avenue and that whole block there. But it's, it's just crazy, you know, to think about um, the whole thing unfolding again and, and you know, knowing the time frame there. Uh, let's just go through the series of events and what I know, you know, from start to finish thus far um, before I, you know, start going down the, the rabbit hole of my thoughts and everything. So um, the RV that exploded uh, was first seen on, well, I don't know when it was first seen, but the, the image that the police have released uh, shows the RV at really right about the intersection I was just talking about at Second and Commerce there facing north. They would have just turned onto Second uh, Avenue North uh, from Commerce, or or you know been coming up Second, and that was at 1:22 a.m. is the first uh, screenshot that they have released of the RV on Second Avenue. So uh, seemingly it you know went probably another 50 feet up the road, 50 100 feet up the road, and parked on the left side of the road. I've looked at the Google Maps a number of times, uh, and and I believed or excuse me, I believe, you know, that uh, I can pretty well pinpoint, I think, where this RV was exactly parked. Um, so what's really interesting is, oh shit, no, I'm not going, I'm not going down my, my, my thoughts yet. I'm just, just providing the facts. So um, RV pulls up to the left side of 2nd Avenue North. Again, this is a one-way road, so you could park on either the left or the right side. Um, given the time there, and the, the holiday, there is no chance in hell anybody would be checking, parking, you know, anything like that. So any spot on either side would be open for the taking. Park there. Um, from from all of the information and, and sources that I have seen, news sources, interviews, different Facebook posts from friends that I have still in the area. And that's actually how I learned about this uh, for the very first time. I think I woke up about 7 a.m. Central Time on Christmas morning, um, which I will, you know, say this was sort of a welcome thing in the sense of like, you know, something to, to do. I don't mean that in any, you know, uh, sarcastic way at all, you know, to, to make light of the situation. Of course, you know, uh, just in the sense of Christmas, I didn't really have much of one, you know, as many people didn't. I was here alone in Chicago. Uh, you know, it was just more so something I kind of wanted to get through. Uh, so, you know, I, I was happy to focus all of my energy on that all day and just kind of watching the news and gathering information. Um, so that's how I first found out about this about 7 a.m. Central Time. I wake up, see a friend's post on Facebook and just, you know, go, wow, that seemed really odd. And then I immediately think, of course, it's Christmas morning and my suspicions start, you know, wondering what the hell is going on. So anyways, from everything that I have seen, I don't think there has been any information released yet 
to know what happened from 1.22 approximately a.m. when that RV was on 2nd Avenue and parked to about 5.30 a.m. So that's about four hours there uh, of a gap that I, I don't have any information on. And, and from what I have seen, there is not any public information out yet. Um, so 5.30 a.m., uh, Betsy Williams, who is the owner of Music City Suites in Nashville at 166 Second Avenue North, um, also in the same building as the Melting Pot and Rodigio Grill. Um, there's like three little kind of sections of the of the building there. It's interesting and, and um, it's really a shame you can you can if you go to Music City, I think it's literally MusicCitySuites.com. I don't remember, but you can look it up, Music City Suites, Betsy Williams on Google. You'll be able to see it. She's the owner. It's a was a was uh, unfortunately a beautiful vacation rental Airbnb business that they had. The apartments were all very you know vintage and, and beautifully decorated, and they lived there as well. So it's, it's a very shame. But she was awoken with her wife uh, Kim, whom I saw a Facebook post from her as well, kind of walking through the series of events. But at five thirty. They were awoke to the sound of gunshots. Um, they did not really register, I think, a whole lot at the very first moment there because um, that's not a dangerous area. Um, you know, it's it, it's well, that is actually what I just said makes no fucking sense. If it wasn't a dangerous area, that you'd think they would process it. Um, I should say that it's a city. I mean. So I think anybody that would hear gunshots that lives in the city, and I believe she mentioned she lived there for 15 years, you know, y you hear those things and it's not overly alarming, especially if it doesn't continue. You know, usually the police, you'll hear sirens following and that's about it. Um, I just being in the sense of Nashville, that's not a dangerous area. Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually relatively safe. I would say anybody, any, you know, area directly downtown like that i mean that is directly downtown um that is one block north of broadway um it is you know, i mean there's not much to downtown nashville it's it's a relatively small city in the sense of buildings and landmass um but neither here nor there all that stuff i know i'm kind of again getting all over the place but um they're woke to the sound of gunfire at 5 30 a.m first round they don't do anything i i think kind of just go back to bed or you know go about their business and uh from what i've gathered from the few different interviews and places that i've got information is it was approximately five to 15 minutes later so this would have been around 5 40 or 5 45 a.m there was another round of gunfire uh but there were more gunshots this time and everybody that has been interviewed um has said it was extremely loud and everybody at this point has also gone back to say that they believe in retrospect that uh, they were recordings coming from the RV because, of course, we've now seen that or heard and, and seen that the RV had uh, this just downright terrifying recording. I mean, it, it is uh, I mean, there's no other way to put it. But again, we'll get to all that. Um, so that's a 540, 545. They hear a second round, and that's when I believe um, they called 911 or, or, you know, started to kind of gather things up. I think she said her first phone call to 911 was around 530, 535. Um, so I'm sure a number of calls started to cycle into 911 at that time. Um, and then... There was a third round of gunfire another 10 or so minutes later. And at this point, uh, Betsy was describing that she looked out her front window, which would have been on 2nd Avenue North for the back windows would have been looking uh, overlooking 1st Avenue North and the river, uh, the Cumberland River there. And then Titan Stadium is right across the river. Um, she, would have, she looked out her front window and saw this RV parked essentially directly across, um, again, on the left side of the road. So her business and building uh, would have been, if you are traveling north, it was on the east side slash the right side of the road. Uh, the RV and the AT&T building that everybody is talking about supposedly being the target 
uh, was on the west side of the street slash the left side of the street. So she looks out her window, sees the RV parked directly in front of their building across the street. And at that time, she begins to be able to hear their recording coming from it. So at this point, it's about 6 a.m. And this recording, she said, is saying that there is a bomb in this vehicle and you need to evacuate over and over and over and over again. It just was essentially repeating and it was an you know, official audio recording um, that was warning people that the, the vehicle was going to explode and they needed to evacuate. There was no time attached from, from, again, everything that I have seen. The original recording started with no time attached to it. It simply said this vehicle has a bomb or is going to explode. I don't know the exact wording, and you need to evacuate. So they start gathering their things. Uh, I believe she mentioned he had a cat. And, uh, again, I, I mentioned the... Um, it was an Airbnb business, uh, you know, for the Christmas holiday. She had her, I think, her son and, and another relative uh, in another apartment or two, and they went and, and got all them, and they got out. And when they, at some point, I know I'm kind of missing, you know, a few minutes here and there, but just trying to give as much core information as possible. At some point, they realized that the countdown then had, or the, the, the announcement then had a countdown. It started at 15 minutes saying that this vehicle uh, or that this RV, I don't know again exactly what it said, but it said that this was going to explode uh, in 15 minutes and you need to evacuate. So they are, of course, rushing around. They get to their car and uh, the last that Betsy Williams, uh, again, who is the owner of a business there at 166. And I believe that this was the building that, that totally collapsed, the front side of it totally collapsed. Um she uh, heard that there was eight minutes left on that countdown. They drive over the bridge, and again, it was the bridge I was just telling you about, um, the Woodland Bridge there, and there's two bridges, two main bridges ultimately that go across, and, and you can kind of do a square where you would go across one, you would take a right, you would pass Titan Stadium, you would be driving along the river, and at this point, they realized that the time that 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 15 minute mark had since passed. And they started to say that that this must have been, you know, just somebody's idea of a very, very, very cruel joke or, you know, just a, a false flag. Um, very important for me to stop actually and go back and <clears throat> um, note that law enforcement was already on the scene at at the point of the 15 minute countdown probably for at least I would say 15 to 20 minutes already. They got there because again, people called into nine one one because of these gunshots that they heard, which again, were originally believed. God, I keep saying again, uh, which uh, were originally believed to be just regular gunfire. But now in retrospect, I believe uh, many people, um, are saying that it was a part of the recording as well, which makes sense. And I've, I've since heard them as well from a CC, uh, CCTV footage, which is also just as creepy hearing those. And again, I, I think it's so creepy for me personally because I continue to place myself in that situation because I know that area so well. I know that time of day so well there. It's crazy to think about, but um, the cops were already on scene and they began evacuating the buildings that they knew had people in them, which at this time had really not many there that, you know, um, I uh, reached out to a friend that, that still works at Lyft. Lyft's office was closed because of COVID and they've been working at home. So literally not a soul in there. So, so much so that their uh, security literally wasn't even at the front door anymore. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at the Google image view right now in front of me, and I believe there are only two or three buildings on that immediate block that house people. Um, there are some in the spaghetti where or spaghetti factory uh, restaurant, like right above there. Pretty much all of those, I think, have some apartments like right above the businesses. But the main ones are right above the old spaghetti factory there. And then, of course, there is the apartment building. Um, that is uh, Betsy Williams owns that that um, is right there at 166. 
So they're getting all these people out, and the police are already on scene. Um, and they start driving back, again, going back to Betsy Williams, the original person who has kind of told all of this story thus far. And they start coming back because they're like, well, this is, you know, obviously, you know, was was not real. So we're going to start to to get there and they could see that there's, you know, some fire trucks and police and whatnot. And I believe as soon as they got towards like second and Broadway, which is really just one or two blocks south, I don't know exactly where they were at. It it exploded. Um, So some other interesting things to note about, you know, that timing, um, there was a man that was walking his dog which, you know, again, I just, I, I empathize with that thinking about, you know, I, I could have come out of there after work and been walking my dog, Lily, uh, home or, uh, excuse me, back to the car to go home. Um, and, and just crazy, but this guy, actually, you can see he, he comes up, he's walking his dog. And so again, since the police were already on scene there, you can see one of the policemen comes right up to him and tells him, you got to go back that way. And right then it explodes. And I don't know how the fuck this guy has said he didn't have any ear damage or, or nothing, no concussion symptoms or, or, or even his dog, which is also remarkable knowing how dog's ears work and, and being, I mean, who knows, 100, 200 feet from this blast. Uh, he's unbelievably lucky. I, I don't know exactly where they were at, but... um. So there's a guy walking his dog. Um, there were some people still in some of the apartments. You know, I think that the police did as very best as they could. Uh, you know, deservedly, they, they deserve all the credit in the world. Uh, there are six uh, officers there in, in Nashville um, who I'm going to look up their names here in a minute. Uh, but just to make sure that they uh, get the credit that they deserve. But they did all they could. But there were still some people in the uh uh, apartment building. Sorry, I was just looking at their names here as I was kind of um, getting to everything. And one of those people was Buck McCoy. Uh, and he is, uh, I don't know him, but I just, I know that his name is, you know, relatively familiar in the sense of music there. Um, he uh, went and he typically plays, I think, at uh, the Legends Corner there. I just saw on his Facebook. Um, again, just putting out some information that I know about him that may, that may connect people with it. Uh, but he lived there and he was the one that I think got the like original word out that, that this was going on and it was not a pretty sight. Um, he was in there. Um, his first video that he took was just remarkable. Well, they were both remarkable. I mean, he, he was in his apartment, um, the front, was pretty well blown out. Uh, the windows were all blown out. You know, some of the wall was all fucked up. Uh, I think the biggest issue that he and, and many others are going to have is water damage. Um, all of the water pipes looked like they had burst or the sprinkler systems were set off. Um, so, I mean, it literally looked like it was raining in his apartment. Um, you know, so he, and he's filming all this. What what I would imagine is is no more than a minute after this this explosion happened. Uh, you know, it has to be an absolute shell shock. Um, so he recorded some just incredible videos. Put those on Facebook. He recorded another one as he came. I don't know how the hell he got down. Uh, you know, presumably walked down whatever stairs were still left, and hopefully, you know, obviously they were structurally sound enough to walk down, but got to the street level and took a video and it was, it was a remarkable thing. First off, you can hear somebody uh, very notably screaming in the background, um, you know, that they need help. Um, you can hear, you know, somebody crying. Um, it is really, really a hell of a scene. And um, yeah. So again, just to provide some, you know, more perspective on, on what was going on at that time, uh, so then it exploded and, uh, it exploded from what I've seen on a few different CCTV footages right at about 629, somewhere between 629 and 20 seconds and 629 and 30 seconds. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, um, why the timing there, um, why, you know, it, it was the 15 minute timer. Um, 
Yeah, let, let, let's talk about just some other things I know about the area as well. Um, I was going back to uh, knowing pretty damn well, I think, where this RV was exactly parked. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the spot right now. So um, it was parked on the left side in front of an AT&T uh, employment building. Um, I, I don't know exactly what that building has always done. You know, I know that there have been lots of information thrown out. Um, well, I also have to add, this is, is, is very creepy to me. I, I, I put it on Twitter uh, on my personal account yesterday in the Google image that they have captured here uh, of 2nd Avenue North. There's an RV uh, that is driving through at the top of it at second and church. Uh, so that's, this is really creepy. Uh, but yeah, um, the spot that this RV was parked in was directly in front, uh, directly in front of a camera. First off, I'm not kidding you. I tell you, there's no less than 20 cameras on that one block alone. No less. I mean, whoever did this wanted to be seen or, or, or maybe they didn't want to, but they just didn't give a fuck. I mean, it was one of the two because this, you couldn't have done it in a more visible, traceable place, uh, than, than, than right there, maybe on Broadway. Uh, there's tons of cameras there as well. Uh, but where this RV was parked was about halfway up second Avenue North there between second Avenue, uh, in commerce and second Avenue in church, right in front of my camera, right in front of a hazardous materials sign, um, which is interesting. Also, if you look at the red building, uh, which is the AT&T employment building, it is not the gigantic Batman-looking building that people are, are associating this with. That building, obviously, is a gigantic building uh, that does not house just AT&T. There are a number of offices in there. And because of AT&T's affiliation with Nashville, they have the naming rights to that building and, and have had that for a long time. So um, I'm sure there are lots of AT&T offices in there, but that's not the primary spot we're talking about here is there is an actual another AT&T employment office here um, on 2nd Avenue. So um, it's part, I mean... I'm just, you know, I'm thinking very much into it here, but I mean, directly right in the center of the building, and there is kind of a, a like a dip in the building almost right in the center there where it would seem very vulnerable to collapse, um, and it's parked right in front of it. I mean, we'll see what came out um, ultimately, but, you know, again, just throwing out some more things that I know about the area there. Um, this I've seen a few newscasts throwing out that this uh, was in, in – uh, an arts district. Um, I don't know about that. Um, you know, there are definitely some artistic things around, but this is the entertainment district. Um, you know, it's it's a more vintage, cleaner side of the of the entertainment uh, district. Broadway is, <laughs> you know, you're 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 very drunk. Yeah, you know, that whole scene. Uh, you know, if you've ever been to Nashville, you've been on Broadway. It's, it's right around the corner there. I mean, it's right there. Um, Second Ave has always been a little bit cleaner. First off, you know, it has the, the brick road, you know, all the way down the sidewalks. And it's, uh, the, the, again, the, the buildings, which is just a shame, are, were all very, very old and vintage and, and um, beautiful uh, architecture. And so, you know, it has that, but it's still very much, you know, restaurants, bars, um, and again, a few apartments. Um, one of the places I think people may be familiar with is Dick's Last Resort. Uh, the Dick's Last Resort in Nashville, that was very likely impacted by this. Um, the B.B. King's, so B.B. King's Blues Bar actually is in the bottom floor of the lift building. So the building that I would go into for work had the B.B. King Blues Bar in the bottom of it. And it was actually interesting, if you were working on the second floor of the building, because Lyft owned the second, third, and fourth floor, you could hear the damn bar on like a Friday or Saturday night. Uh, it was very interesting. Um, and then uh, really from anything around there, I would assume, was impacted. But I, I, again, just notable businesses. Coyote Ugly uh, in Nashville, B.B. King's Blues Bar, um, 
the Dick's Last Resort, those are three that I think, you know, a lot of people would know. And then many, you know, Nashvillians or people, if you've just been to Nashville, you may know the old Spaghetti Factory, uh, Melting Pot, Rodigio Grill. Those are both absolutely destroyed. I saw Facebook messages from them uh, just confirming, you know, that, that they know that, that unfortunately their business is destroyed. And they and this has to be the worst part. They can't go back and see anything yet. Uh, they, they have no way to go survey what the actual damage is um, because it's obviously still a crime scene. It's still, you know, they need to test the infrastructure. Um, there's there's a lot of sad, sad things, you know, that just because nobody thus far uh, that we have been confirmed or anything has died does not mean that there was not a tremendous amount of loss here for a, a tremendous amount of people. Um, I saw another one, a GoFundMe fundraiser for Pride and Glory Tattoo, which is right there. It's a very uh, well-known name in Nashville uh, for tattoos, especially downtown there. Anybody that, you know, that drunkenly comes into Nashville and stumbles in to get a tattoo at 1 a.m., but it's a locally owned shop there, absolutely destroyed. I saw a Facebook post from him. Um, and he was actually interviewed in a local news there and was basically saying, you know, it's it's still surreal and, and you never you never expect that. Um, it is it, it's surreal, you know, even for me, you know, when you think about when, when something like this happens to you, uh, you know, the, the United States and um, you find out the location of it and, you know, not, not even so much like a, an event that happens in the United States. Like, let's just even say, you know, you're driving towards a, a house fire. You know, you can see off in the distance and you know that it's towards your house, but you don't know it's your house. And then as you closer and closer and closer you get, you're like, holy shit, that's my fucking house. Um, That's like how this was when I looked it up uh, and saw that there was an explosion in Nashville. I looked it up on Twitter and I was, you know, at first it said there was an explosion in Nashville. And then I saw Second Avenue and then I saw Second and Commerce and then I saw 166 Second Avenue North. And I was like, oh, my God, that is a, a direct hit of, of what I know. You know, it's not like the other side of town. It's not the other side of downtown. Um, so again, and just you know, empathizing with that man and saying, you know, you, you never expect it to be 40 feet across the road in front of you uh, where a, you know, somebody uh, likely, I think, I don't know yet, a suicide bomber parks a, a massive, massive amount of explosives in an RV and blows up the whole block. It's incredible. Um, there's also a Harley Davidson store that was there. Um, there is another local restaurant called Bartella, which I was reading their story. I mean, I, I listened to this. They they opened last winter, uh, so winter of 2019. Um, of course, COVID comes, so you know all restaurants and, and and food establishments have been impacted there. And the Nashville tornado, which that was a whole other thing I could talk about. Um, got a very interesting perspective of that as well. Um, spent a lot of time in East Nashville and at five points where there was where it directly went through and caused a number of, of or a massive amount of damage. Um, but yeah, I know I'm getting all over the place here, but the, you know they had the tornado and now they have the damn uh, explosion that, that just destroys their business and it, I just I, you know they, they, I, they have been I don't know of any city that has been through more, this year than Nashville. Um, and that's, you know, coming from somebody who's very hard on Nashville. Uh, and by all means, you know, I, I talk a lot of shit about Nashville and that I had a, a hell of a time there growing up and whatnot. And I went through uh, some depression and, and that does not mean that I want the block to blow up. Um, my gosh. Um, it's yeah, not, not, not at all. Um, you know, I still had some very good moments in Nashville, and this was really one of them. You know, was that job that I had there. I really, really enjoyed that and being able to take my dog there. Um, I loved, again, working midnights and going out there kind of in, in just desolate city air um, and, and um, got a lot of memories attached to that. But uh, just going down the block here and looking at other things, there is a Hooters right at the corner there. I have a, a you know, lunch, quote unquote, at a number of times at 2 a.m. for my lunch. Uh, from work, and then you get to the corner of, of Church um, and Second Avenue, and there's that Rocket Fizz there, which is um, it's like a candy store. I'm sure that was destroyed. Um, there's a, a beer uh, local, um, uh, what do you call, dive bar uh, is what I was looking for, um, called Beer Cellar that is right around the corner there. A number of things. Um, so, 
that's all the information, you know, that I think that is important. Um, I know at this point, um, there is this name floating around who I won't say, um, that, and I've looked up on Google maps. I mean, it's the RV. Um, it's, it's remarkable. So you can, you can, you know, I'll let you do the, the looking up on that, but there is a very verifiable address via Google maps, um, that has the exact RV. You can tell, um, I mean, just a number of ways. I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb um, that, that matches the photo that the, the actual police put out um, that is attached to this man's name. I, I don't know what this man's attachment is to that RV as of Christmas morning in 2020. Um, he very well could have sold that RV two months ago, a month ago, three, who knows. He very well could have been the man that did it all. Um, I will be the first to say when that happens, but I'm not comfortable saying that that person is the one exactly responsible, but they have named somebody who is attached to the RV. Um, I believe they said that there are acting on 500 nearly around, uh, give or take some 500 tips from the community, um, which is astounding. Um, I would assume a number of them were probably focused on that same uh, specific household that they went to already. And, and uh, who knows what they've got from there. It's only a matter of time uh, before more information comes out. I believe they said that there were 250 FBI agents working from eight different field offices. And they are starting with the outermost area first in the sense of uh, scanning for evidence and and all of the different variables that they're going to have to look at. Um, let's get a little bit into why and, and the theories behind it and uh, why this is so interesting to me. Um, so, you know, things like this in the sense of crime and, and large-scale events like this, news, um, media coverage, uh, are always very interesting to me to begin with. Um, and then of course, when you add in this personal element, uh, it, it just entirely amplifies that for me times, times a hundo. Um, so I've, uh, really been following this closely. Um, I, I would, you know, would say it's, it's just as close as all the QAnon followers out there. Fuck. Um, I, I let me make a, a, a statement on that. It is unbelievable. Un fucking believable uh actually it's not unbelievable it's tremendously believable and it is it's just ridiculous um to repetitively see the same things over and over when things happen like this it's a you know it's a mass shooting it's an explosion it's a a, uh it's just a shooting it's a uh a police event anything that these people uh these just wild nutbag conspiracy theorists can get their hands on to to twist and turn and ask every little question believe me i i ask questions um i i just i you know i have a journalism degree or communications degree um i think that there's a way to do it and and, and you know and i don't even know why i'm going down that route of course many people anybody with fucking common sense knows there's a way to do it the people that are just twisting this around are 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 it's remarkable to see um so yeah, let me you know I had to get on that, that high horse for a minute before I continued on, but um, all of that you know said to just round out that that I'm very very interested to uh, know the why uh, why there there are so many questions to be answered here um, you know the the most remarkable thing about it to me is the recording um i think that everybody can say that that's something that they have never fucking seen in their life unless you know you you have uh been on the set of a movie or or something you know similar i mean even those who've been to war you know you don't typically get a countdown with a with a a weapon of mass destruction or anything like that i mean it, that is you know, um, I, I am not familiar with the IRA situation, um, so I don't know enough to talk about that. I've, I've become familiar with it in the last 24 hours. Um, but 
that's really the only thing that apparently has been related um, or, or similar in, in, in the last few decades. Um, it, it's remarkable to think why somebody would do that. Um, there are a number of reasons why. I, 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 I want to think, and I think that, that from listening to the FBI press conferences and, and law enforcement press conferences, um, I, I don't think that they're thinking into it in any deeper way other than this person did not want a mass casualty event. Um, it's, you know, I some people have, have raised the question, did they want to draw first responders into the area and, and then detonate this and, and harm first responders? Did they want to draw people out of the buildings and, and into the streets? But it just doesn't make sense. Why, again, would you pick that specific area at that time on Christmas morning? If you wanted to create a mass casualty event, you would have put an RV there uh, about two months ago, three months ago. Uh, you know, when the weather was still even significantly warmer, uh, or excuse me, even fairly warmer uh, on Broadway, you, you wouldn't have parked it. You would have driven right through there at about 2 a.m. while everybody's coming out of the bars. And, and I mean, you know, not to be gruesome, but you could do some sincere human damage. Um, so it just doesn't make sense that, that that there would be any reason other than they did not want a mass casualty event. To be very clear, that does not mean that this is a good person. Um, you know, th 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 this is still a very uh, sick and twisted mind that, that would come up with this. And, and this is a tremendously well thought out um, and planned event. Um, I, I posted that on my Twitter yesterday and I had some fucking, you know, of course, random Twitter troll just respond to me and, and be like, dude. Nobody died, and you put an RV on uh, Christmas morning, and downtown Nashville is well planned. Yes, <laughs> just because nobody died, actually, if that's it, it probably makes it more well planned. Um, you, you know, for, you cannot get the amount of explosives that this person had in this RV to create that much damage. You can't just collect in in a matter of uh, a few weeks. Um, Unless you got some sort of, you know, inside government connection, which, you know, of course, the conspiracy theorists can go down that route. But I don't think that's the case. You know, this is usually a situation where people collect whatever it is type of, of explosive that they are going to make. They collect that equipment and, and uh, the materials to make that over a course of time because you, you can't do it in any other way or it becomes obvious. Um it is a tremendous amount of power that was in that explosive um, or that bomb or whatever you want to call it. Um, so that alone leaves the, the obvious idea that there was a lot of time put into this. Um, RVs themselves are not cheap, you know, regardless of, of the condition of the RV or, or, or what, you know, even if it's auctioned off, that's tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, well, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. I, I shouldn't say tens of thousands, but it's thousands of dollars at the very, very minimum. Um, you know, the, there are, uh, I can't even think about, the, you know, the, the, the mindset that goes behind the recording um, and, and actually coming up with the recording and figuring out where it, and when to play it and, and how to play it and, and um, you know, why they parked it where they did. Um you know, I, I again, I'm just I'm so very interested in all of this. Um, it, it, it's just incredible to think about. Um, another thing is how remarkably tieable um, or uh, that's not a good way to put that, that how, how much evidence, the amount of evidence there is to tie somebody to this crime, um, again, makes you think that they 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 knew they were going to be found. Um, I am very much under the impression that uh, I did not mention already. Actually, I, I apologize. I did not mention if you did not know that there, there were human, there was human flesh or excuse me. I'm not, not human flesh, uh, human tissue that was found at the scene um, that they have sent for forensic evaluation. I think most would conjure to get to the point up uh, of, of, thinking that that was likely a suicide bomber. Um, but again, uh, there has to be cameras on that 
RV at all times, or, or at least at all corners of the blocks or on the sidewalks enough to the point where you, I'm sure the police have watched every single, you know, second of footage of that RV and seeing if somebody got out or not. Uh, if they did, where did they go? Um, was there only one person? Were there two, three people? Um, that will, of course, tell you if this was done remotely. If this was done remotely, I don't want to give this person credit at all. Um, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just I, I, I'm noting um, that that takes a tremendous amount of skill, um, you know, in training to. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, you know, I'm 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 not a trained bomber for sure. Um, but but from what I know about you know forensics and 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 crime and um, again large scale events like this and weapons of mass destruction, it would be quite a process to control all of that from afar. Um, and you know, but maybe so, maybe they were because there was, you know, the, the, the discrepancy in timing where it did not go off right at that 15 minutes. Um, but man, there's just so many questions to be answered, um, as to why, um, I, I my, genuine theory um if you if you if you are asking um this is not a conspiracy at all this is you know just i think what i've got to with my own understanding of uh nashville and and the situation itself i i i believe it was somebody disgruntled with the nashville mayor um, or something along those lines. I could be very, very tremendously wrong. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I don't want to put this out in writing or anything like that. And I want those listening to know that this is literally just my personal opinion. Um, the people have been tremendously, uh, pissed at the Nashville mayor. So Nashville is very interesting in its demographic. Um, you know, this, the, the immediate downtown area and the surrounding, you know, few areas in East Nashville, especially, and, and um, where some of the universities are, are more liberal and blue voters, uh, quote unquote. Um, but man, you, you even go 10, 15 minutes south and you start getting towards Brentwood and the edge of, of, of um, Williamson County you're getting into red voter territory and, and people who have different priorities and perspectives of things. And the mayor of Nashville, John Cooper, is a Democrat. Um, he has been tremendously criticized by a number of different people um, in Nashville for his handling of the COVID restrictions and um, specifically kind of with what he has done to the entertainment industry there. Again, I'm reporting what these people believe, not necessarily what I believe. Um, and there's been real angst towards that man for a while. And I'll also say he's not the greatest um, communicator. I think it was very obvious yesterday during some of his, his um, interviews. He, he kind of was chuckling a little bit. I don't in any way think that that was out of malice. There are a lot of people going around saying he was chuckling and he's connected to the to the communist party because he's you know laughing it's not that he just is a he just is a goof and he just can't really communicate that well and i think his way of kind of relieving some of that pressure is laughing a little bit um and that's not anybody you want as your mayor you know that's not somebody you want in in charge who's gonna you know I understand how unbelievably stressful of a situation that is but that is something that comes with the territory of being uh, elected a mayor of you know, one of the largest 20 to 25 cities in the United States. I don't know where Nashville is, but it's continually growing. Um, but again, all of that said, you know, there there has been a tremendous amount of angst towards that man for, for some months now. Um, so, you know, and I've already looked up the address of where um, that house was that, that was attached to this RV. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't want to attach that too much, again, to... to the, the explosion itself, but um, that's a little bit out of downtown, and that could definitely be a red voter area. I'm not trying to blame this on Republicans or anything like that or make that political. I'm just giving you, again, what I think is the most obvious um, potential thing. I, I don't think that, um, you know, a disgruntled employee from AT&T or something like that is also out of the question. Um, 
it's really, I, I hope that's not it. You know, I, I, I hope that there's some sort of at least like deeper, you know, liberty type of, of meaning to this person of doing this other than, you know, being a disgruntled employee. Um, again, to reiterate, this is not a good person in any way. They do not deserve any credit. They, they deserve to be put in prison for the rest of their life or whatever the punishment ultimately is. Um, this is, I mean, they, they, they could have killed hundreds of people, um, need to go to prison for forever. Um, so not trying to, to, you know, ultimately give this person any credit or anything like that at all. Um, but I would hope there's at least some sort of, of meaning more than that, but I don't rule that out. Um, we have seen in past times that that has happened. Um, you know, uh, there, there was a, God damn, I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm really blowing at thinking of it off the top of my head. But there was a recent employee somewhere um, that came back after getting fired and killed some people with a gun. Um, can't remember where it was at. Um, maybe it was, was that the one at the Miller Coors plant? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the I don't, I you know, I, I definitely don't think it was the deep state planting, uh, you know, uh, an RV, um, you know, and, and, and all this that, again, all the conspiracy people are talking about. I think it was an individual um, or two, you know, with, with some help. That's hard to pull off alone. Um, but I think it was a very small amount of people that for some reason had a very deep meaning of, of, of wanting to do this. And, and again, there is the entire loophole of, or not loophole, but there's the entire uh, just wrench in the whole situation of the recording and, and, and allowing people to evacuate. Um, it's just not something that you typically see. You know, the, the OKC bombing was very similar, of course, in that it was a truck driven into an area next to a building and put there to explode, uh, it, you know, uh, the the OKC bombing was, uh, I believe, a U-Haul. This was an RV, but either or, very similar. Truck driven into an area to explode a building in a very metro area. Uh, what, of course, is different is the OKC bombing was, was done, I mean, at a precise time to take human life and affect human life. Uh, it was done at 9, what, 9 a.m. or so. I don't want to speak exactly to that, but it's right in the morning there where people were coming into work um, and they knew that people would be there. This person, on the other hand, obviously knew that people would not be there because, again, even if you go look at the fucking Google Maps view, I mean, you could see how many people are on the street at any given at, at any time. I mean, this was, you know, I, it looks like it was a, a summer day because you can see all the leaves on the trees. Um, and, and, and I mean, there are cars up and down the street. If you, again, if you look at it on the Google view, so if this person wanted to take life and, and harm innocent civilians, they sure fucked up. I mean, they sure did not do that in their, in a, in a correct method at all. I don't think that they wanted to do that. So that element is why I'm so specifically curious in, in this one itself. Um, going to be very interesting but again I, I do not believe that it is going to be long uh, perhaps even tonight or tomorrow before the fbi and, and and federal agents are able and comfortable to say a name attached in some way uh they had a, a briefing earlier today again this is saturday they had a briefing earlier today where they were not comfortable saying uh that they had one specific person of interest but um you know, there is a name out there and, and, and it just it, all of the traceable information again to the RV, uh, you know, the paperwork that we would, would be associated with that, the, the, tech, the technology that would be associated with that. It's got to be in a system somewhere. Um, you know, all of the cameras that are in that are in downtown Nashville, all of the cameras that are on the interstates leading up to downtown Nashville, um, all of the information that is online from the sources that they will have got, uh, it, it's only a matter of time before this, this person is, is in front of us, but whew, um, I hope that helped. I hope, you know, again, I, I think a lot of people were enjoying their Christmas, rightfully so on Christmas and kind of just saw this thing and said, fuck that, man. I'm not, I'm not watching the news today. Um, and again, I, I, like, I, I understand that that's not a bad theory. Um, so, you know, I hope if, if you were one of those people, I, 
filled you in here with information and whatnot that that, that was that was useful and a perspective that was useful. Um, one thing I wanted to do was you know definitely note that the police officers that were there, um, Officer Brenna Hosey, Officer James Llewellyn, Officer Michael Sipos, Officer Amanda Topping, Officer James Wells. Uh, and Sergeant Timothy Miller. Those six officers were on the scene there. Um, I can only imagine what the fuck was going through their minds. You know, that's one of those things, again, that, you, I mean, you you train for that at some point. You, you know, you, uh, you, you know, it's just one of those things you never expect to happen. You know, you, you never, in your wildest dreams, anticipate that just on the movies like you see growing up in fantasy movies, TikTok, there's a TikTok bomb outside, you know, telling us that, that, that this thing is going to explode and we need to get people out of here. And you are the policeman in charge or one of the six policemen in charge of doing so. Can't imagine what was going through their mind, um, you know, rushing to do so. So uh, the the person who put the evacuation notice uh, does not deserve any credit for saving lives. The police and firemen and, and everybody and first responders absolutely deserve all of that credit. So those six officers there uh, rushed into what had to be just a a, a life-changing scene. They're never going to forget that. Never going to forget that. That's going to be, you know, a, a scene that lives with all of the people that, that were, you know, there in the immediate aftermath um, forever. You know, again, I just try to empathize with them. That is a, a block that I drove up and down hundreds and hundreds of times. I, I, you know, know it like the back of my hand. So I can only imagine uh, Betsy Williams, who lived in that building for 15 years, to go back and see the devastation. Um, I, it, it, you know, it would be remarkable to see. Uh, I, I, I just I see it in, in, in the pictures and I, I'm stunned. Um, so I can only imagine seeing that in person. It was very similar to the tornado in Nashville. Again, that was that ripped that ripped through East Nashville and um, the Five Points area, which was you know, one of the very few areas that I frequented there. Um, it just to see some of the damage in pictures of places that you have walked right up and down is really remarkable. Um, so I think that's it. I think I think I covered it for the most part. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, by all means, you know, like I said, this is something I'm following very closely. I have been from the very start, um, I, and, and I will until it, it, this is uh, solved or they at least know the why. Um, because, again, personally, I'm just very, very into this stuff in general. And, and when you throw in that, that personal uh, twist to it, it, it just uh, – I'm – I'm on it like a hawk. Um, you know, this is stuff I love to, to do. This is this is the type of stuff that, you know, that, that has always interested me and kind of got me into journalism ideas to begin with. Is um, It disgusts me to see the misinformation and then the conspiracies and um, everything out there. You know, even it was I, I was texting my family and I told them, like, it is immensely irresponsible, I think, of the media to have put that name out there right after. I mean, it was within the hour that law enforcement had just got done with their press conference, essentially saying, media, please don't fuck this up and and, and get in our way and just let us. I mean, it, the, the guy was tremendously patient. The, the media was asking him question after question after question. And he pretty well just said each time, look, I can't give you any fucking information yet. Um, and then an hour later, they go and they release the name of the person that is supposedly connected. And why I say that, that is irresponsible is because. I don't think that would have been irresponsible 10 to 15 years ago because people can go online and and search everything about this person's life and ruin their fucking life, regardless of whether they're in, in, included or not. Uh, if this, again, if this guy that they have named is only, you know, the, the he was a previous owner of the RV and he just maybe sold the RV recently to the person who did the bombing and has no attachment, his life is so fucked from here on out. I, I mean, again, all of the people that are going to go online and just search every single corner of the internet for all the information possible that they can find. Um, that's the type of shit that, that law enforcement hates because it just complicates things. It gets in the way. Um, I, I think that they're very close to, to succeeding and in, in getting all of this accomplished and figured out. Um, and then it'll be quite a matter of time. I think before that block um, is restored, I mean, it's going to be years. 
before that block looks any resemblance of what it did prior. Um, I don't know. I maybe fucking not. I, I don't know how you know how construction works. Uh, but what's what's sad is it's never going to look the way that it did because all of those buildings were very very old and vintage in there for. I mean, truly probably 100 years or more. Uh, you can see them on, on, on the Google Maps view. Again, I encourage you to look at that because it gives you a really good perspective of the street. But what you see there, again, from 2nd and Commerce to 2nd and Church, that whole entire block there, that's that's exploded. That's, that's all gone, pretty much gone, um, you know, in terms of the, the front of the buildings and the windows. And, and I'm sure much of what is, in, you know, inside, I saw a, a, a screenshot from a camera view of that Bartella business I was telling you about, all of their countertop, you know, glasses and, and tables and everything in their business were blown over and, and destroyed and broken. And, um, and again, all of the water damage that is associated with that, because you've got broken water lines, you've got broken gas lines, you've got broken uh, the, you know, the power, it just needs restored to the entire block. And that's going to take, ah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, and what's, what's again, really shitty is about it is they can't clean any of this up yet. I mean, this is still a very, very active crime scene. I mean, it's going to be 24 to 48 hours. I would assume before they can even start to clean shit up. Um, so yeah, not going to keep rambling on. Um, that is the Nashville bombing, uh, the Nashville Christmas morning bombing. Um, Again, I'm following it close, so if you have any questions, anything, follow up with me, reach out to me. You know how to do so. I'll be on social media. Be on, uh, your, I have my email as well that's on midpark.com. Um, again, just want to you know uh, reiterate those uh, few podcasts that are going to be coming up. I've got the Midpark Power podcast, which will be coming up next Sunday. That's January 3rd, um, which will be the first one of the new year. It'll be the first one, uh, uh, you know, of of uh, the month of January it, it is, I'm looking forward to it. Well, of course, as many people are, are looking forward to a new year and happy new year to those of you that are listening. Uh, that's going to be coming right around the corner here in a few days. Crazy to think about. Um, what's also, gosh, I almost forgot what is, you know, also crazy important for me to, to, uh, comment on is, uh, tomorrow, December 27th, um, will be speaking of Nashville, the five-year anniversary of me moving and, and leaving my home, uh, my leaving my hometown, my home state of Ohio, uh, Canton, Ohio, and, and moving to Nashville, December 27th, 2015. Uh, so really a, a whole weekend of reflection for me there. And, and, you know, things like that are always a good opportunity for me to reflect. So I'm sure I'll be talking a little bit about that on the on the Power Podcast next week. But then I'm also going to have two other music podcasts coming up with Nathan Clapper and, and Amy at uh, the School of Rock. Um, and yeah, follow the website, of course. And then what is also very important to note, and this is the last thing that, uh, that I'll, uh, get to before we wrap it up, uh, the mid park multimedia family of contributing creators, uh, is going to be growing and we will have six people writing for the website, uh, coming up here in January, uh, on various topics. And I don't expect an article to be up every day, but there will be more, plenty more, uh, you know, of, of, of various different topics, arts and entertainment, uh, you know, the human experience, um, some international opinion, uh, music, sports, uh, LGBTQ issues, uh, all of the good stuff that is out there that people need to know, uh, black rights, human rights, women's rights, um, uh, trans rights. I cannot reiterate enough. I want to make sure that all of that is covered. Um, and, and just making sure that there's a voice and an opinion and perspective of all of the good things and, and, uh, the progressive, uh, nature that's out there. Um, so with that, I'm going to wrap it all up. Uh, folks, this is an independently run website and all content associated is managed by individual contributors. This site is entirely anti-establishment and does not accept money from corporate sponsors. Power to the people, power to the people. Jeesh, I, how could I fuck that up? That is the most important slogan ever to, the, to, to what I do, power to the people, when I fuck it up there. Let me go through that whole thing again. This is an independently run website, and all content associated is managed by individual contributors. This site is entirely anti-establishment and does not accept money from corporate sponsors, folks. Power to the people. We will see you next episode, and thank you, as always, for tuning in.